Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast. We watch a randomly, uh, a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. And I'm Ben. Oh, my God. What is going on today? <laughs> Can we not get through the fucking intro without losing our minds? We. we you. <laughs> you fucked up the last one. The last one was fine. Bob's done three intros, and they've all not been great. You did one of them, and it was horrible. <laughs> Because you just coughed at me aggressively. That's how you mess up the first one. <laughs> <sighs> Good lord. Oh my god. I'm a little delirious right now. Yeah, I can tell, man. I can tell. Holy crap. I got an hour of sleep. An hour? Yeah. Oh I got off lord. work. I didn't have a lot of time because I had to wake up early today for music lessons that ended up getting canceled. That sucks. So, very tired. Fair enough. Did I introduce us? I don't even remember. Well, I'm but I'm uh, I'm Ben. <laughs> I almost said I'm Bob. What a botched recording! I'm Bob, and I'm Ben. <laughs> yeah, those that's our names. I, Holy I did this, shit! I I was doing the order in my head. Yeah, fair enough. Holy crap! What a what a what a good intro, Ben. Wow, we've done a really good job. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Beware the Board. Yeah, if you weren't aware, because of our fucking shitty ass intro, that's probably gonna get heavily nah, edited. It's, it's pretty fun though. All right, Ben. I know. Do we have anything to talk about this week before we get into the show? Anything interesting? Because I really, I don't, to be honest. No. Life's been a grind. Yeah. It's just been work, man. Work, and that's about it. Like. Yeah. And um, classes. Yeah. I've, I've written at least two pages every day this week. The amount of shit you have to write is kind <laughs> of ridiculous. Like, I, I feel so like bad for you. I'm an English major. Almost. It's almost like you're an English major. I gotta do, I think, between today and tomorrow... 10 pages. That blows. So when I'm done here, I'm going to go home, nap, maybe cry a little. <laughs> there we go. That's a good idea. And then then do that. Okay. Well, so that should be fun, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. I'm sure it'll be really, really great. For those of you that don't know, we are on our last, what, like four episodes of the season? Yeah, but our last three movie spots and then our wrap up. Yeah. kind of doesn't count. Well, it like does it's count. an episode, and it takes up a a week, which sucks for you guys. But like you know, it's not we don't watch any movies for it. No, but I feel like I always enjoy the wrap up because I always like to hear your opinions, especially once we've gone through a whole board. Oh yeah, I enjoy the wrap up because they always change over time. Like I'm sure when we get to the board, I'll have some interesting things to say about some of these movies. Yeah, but that being said, I think the point Bob's going for is we only have one spot left for each category. We have one spot for each category left, and I'm so excited, Ben. Like, I'm hype, because I don't know why, but this time around, this season has felt so much longer than every other season of this show. Because I feel like we did board one, and it was like, okay, we're getting the groove of things. Board two flew by, and then board three, like, it's a slog. Why is this taking so long? I'm so excited to see what other categories we're going to get. Fair enough. Like, I know what mine is, and I'm super excited. And I know what the randoms are, and I'm not very excited. Well, we still have to pick more randoms this time. I know, but, like, I'm just saying, of the randoms we already have, I'm very scared. I hope it's cannibals. Yeah, I know you do. That's the one I really don't want. Like, Why? of all of them, that's the one I want Why the least. Why would you not want cannibals? <sighs> it's so good. No, you know why. It makes such great movies. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does make good movies, but I'm scared. I'm not going to give up. Ugh. <sighs> No, 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 no. You've almost gotten me a couple times with cannibals on this podcast. Really? Well, is it like a weird trigger for you or something? No, no. I kind of forget how many things like aren't great in your book. 
I just... It's more than you'd think. I look, okay. Well, I mean by like, what? Bone Tomahawk had cannibals. But yeah. we didn't really see the cannibals eat anybody. Yeah, we saw them divide someone in half to eat them. Yeah, but we didn't see any. Like, if I saw another person eating a person, like, that is where I'm like, okay. I think, like, a real person, not like a zombie or some mon. You know what I mean? No, because I don't get why zombies wouldn't trigger that. I don't know, but there's something different about, like, a, a saint. Like, a person that still has some form of control and sentience eating another person that I'm just like. That makes me so uncomfortable. Except a lot of the classic zombie movies use real, like, raw meat Ugh. for their meat-eating scenes. But and it looks pretty realistic because, like, those people are actually chawing down on some raw meat. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. There's something just something about cannibals I just can't. It just makes me uncomfortable. I can't really explain it. It's like the whole bear thing. I can't Bobby's really explain it. Bob referenced something that no one listening knows what he's talking about. Well, yeah, but, like, you know what I'm talking about. Right, but now I have to explain it. You can explain it. I'm not like ashamed. Basically, Bob will essentially eat any animal. Yeah, including both his dog. No, I didn't say I would eat my dog. Mm. Don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. No, you're making that sound so much worse than what it is. And well, like if he was in a situation where he had to. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. And people, I would eat a person. He's weirdly excited about that one for I'm not for weirdly someone, excited I'm just for stating someone a fact who's so anti-cannibalism I am anti-cannibalism He's very weirdly like yeah, I kind of want to try a person I'm not just I don't little, know little, I did a little little thigh meat maybe Why maybe are you making this sound so much worse than it arm? actually is you some bitch You're just meat curious <laughs> <laughs> But the one thing that he won't eat I think ever Yeah I think I think I've said like this is like one of the only things I won't do bear I won't eat a bear I won't do it so weird I, I mean, at least it. you don't have to worry about trigonosis. But, it's true. You know, you could yeah. just cook the bear meat and not have to worry about that. I'm not. I'm just not going to eat the bear. I just can't. I can't bring myself to eat a bear. I just can't do it. I don't, I don't know, know why. why. I don't know why either. I can't explain. Like, it. you you don't even specify the type of bear. It's just bear. No, I I won't eat a bear. There's something about a bear that I'm just like, no, I won't eat that. Like I'm pretty sure I've had bear. Have you? Yeah. Mm. How was it? Fatty. <laughs> mm. Okay. A lot of places like bear paw. Really? That's a thing. I didn't know that. Like chicken feet, kind of, but bear paw? Yeah, but it's expensive because it's a bear paw. Yeah, I feel like bear it's paws are kind of hard like to come by. Feet. Yeah, that's fair. You only got four of them for like a massive, what, God. ton? I was it's about not to even say, a ton, but. They're big ass animals. Mm-hmm. God bless. Okay. I guess we'll move on to the actual part of the podcast now. Stop talking about fucking bears. Yeah. And we're in that home stretch where we don't have to specify uh, spot numbers, which yeah, is great. Because there's only one movie left oh sorry one spot left in every category could be more than one movie yeah could be 12 we haven't actually hit a more than one movie in a while i can't remember the last one we did do we have any on the last board i don't think so so the first board yeah which i don't know what the last one we did in that order was it was was it halloween it might have been halloween three the best halloween movie don't stop bob's that. favorite stop that Shut bob's up. favorite halloween movie ever i no i hate it i genuinely hate it so Hashtag much Bob's pick for best sequel. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Okay, so what? We have Japanese horror. Yeah. H.P. Lovecraft stories. Mm-hmm. And how am I so dumb? What's the last one? Wild Wild West. Yeah. WWW. WWWE. <laughs> I'm going to go with H.P. Lovecraft stories because I'm kind of setting myself up for a win here at the end, I hope. Considering how good the last movie was. Oh, for J-Horror? Yeah, I'm going to aim to end with J-Horror, so I'm going to start. You say aim like you have no control here. You just go this one and then Wild Wild West next week. Well, but here's the problem. 
by the time next week comes around, I'll probably have forgotten, and I might pick the wrong one. We'll find out. I mean, fair enough. I always forget. Sometimes I listen to old episodes and go, why did I say that? Because I know we didn't do that. That's fair. Like, we just change our minds sometimes. Shit well, happens. We, we, we do. We do change our minds sometimes. You change your mind. I don't know what you're talking about. You can't blame me for everything, Ben. all the time. Kind of indecisive. <sighs> so, yeah, I'll take whatever's left in H.P. Lovecraft stories. I hope to God it's not as horny as the last two movies from this category. All right. Well, sorry. I gotta, I gotta psych myself up for this. You know. Gotta no. Up to Th- it. I bet you this is a movie you really like, isn't it? Eh. Okay. I don't know. I, I just didn't know how. I didn't know if you were being facetious or if you're actually excited about this one. Today, we're gonna be watching Reanimator. Fuck you, <laughs> you lying <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> I hate you so much. Bob, do you want to explain to the audience why you hate me? I literally, what did I ask you two days ago? You've asked me multiple times. I was like, hey, I, <laughs> look, I know it's supposed to be random. I'm not supposed to know what movies are coming up. But I know Benjamin so fucking well because we spend so much time together that we were at work. And I was like, hey, you don't have to, or no. I asked him, is Reanimator an H.P. Lovecraft story? And you straight up lied to me. Yeah. You said, I don't think so. You're like, nah, it's not. So then I was like, oh, we're not watching Reanimator. Right. Are we watching a movie by the same guy in all three spots? So about that. <laughs> God damn it, Stuart Gordon. How <laughs> horny is this movie? Um, Yeah, so I lied to you. Yeah, fucking liar. Solely because you now knew I'm I salty. liked this movie, and I didn't want you to be like, oh, yeah, that's the one we're getting. Especially because like, if I told you it was an H.P. Lovecraft story, you knew it would have been on here. Yeah, because I know you like it so much. Yeah, and since it's the last one, like the last spot, yeah, and I like that movie maybe, maybe we should have ended with this one <sighs> damn damn hmm interesting what <laughs> you bitch <laughs> anyways from 1985 okay. okay my description here lovecraft's take on frankenstein awesome pretty straightforward yeah lengths an hour and 24 minutes okay it's unrated fuck yeah hopefully <laughs> what do you mean hopefully i apparently there's an r-rated version oh okay we Is don't want to watch that I, I think it's like 30 minutes <laughs> 30 minutes? That's crazy. All right, review scores. Uh, IMDb gave it a 7.2 out of 10. That's pretty solid. Tomato meter, 94%. Ooh, nice. Audience score, 82%. Oh, man, I, I love a good movie. That's so, all I have to say. I got to say, IMDb score is kind of weird this week. A little bit. Because usually it's an average between the tomato meter and the audience score. Yeah. But this time it's lower than both, mm-hmm. which is... A little hot. Awards. It has four wins and four nominations. This is a note on my side because I think it's interesting. They changed the uh, the part of the site on IMDb that does awards. Now it looks different. Oh. how not, Is it better organized or no? Mm, it's fancier looking. Okay. All right. I guess. It's harder to like, I don't know, look through quickly. I guess that'd be the word. Okay. That makes sense. At least for me. But that might just be because I'm used to the old one. But... Uh, four wins. They are for the 1986 Fanta Festival. Uh, that award went to Stuart Gordon for Best Film. There's also another one from the same year at the Fanta Festival. And the award was to Anthony Dublin for Best Special Effects. Uh, there was another award at the 1986 Evioris Fantastic Film Festival. It was a special mention to Stuart Gordon for Horror. And then finally, it's once again the Citigas Catalonian International Film Festival. In 1985, they gave an award to Stuart Gordon for Best Film. Okay. It won some awards. Not as many as One Cut of the Dead, of course. Oh, yeah. But, you know, fairly fairly rewarded. Now, 
Notable actors. <clears throat> no. Don't don't hit me with it. Jeffrey Combs He's as back. Herbert West. But, well, hold on. What? Herbert West? I thought you said pervert. I thought his name was <laughs> Herbert, Herbert West. Pervert. And I was like, my God, no. Stuart Gordon. Uh, how horny is this movie? Herbert West in this movie. Yep. I don't know if you remember me telling you this, that there's one role that Jeffrey Combs does, and I just want to call him by that character name. Oh, is it this one? It's Herbert West, yeah. Okay. I'm excited to see Jeffrey Combs back. He's not been a bad actor so far. No. I've enjoyed him in everything I've seen. This is the role I think that fits <clears throat> him probably the best. Okay, that's really exciting. Or at least the way he tends to act in the films we've seen him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Movies. Okay. He plays into this role hard, and it's so, so good. I love Herbert West. Okay. But uh, he also plays, sorry if I pronounced these wrong, Wayon Brunt and Officer Mulcahy, as well as Tyron from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I did not know he was in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Uh, he was on there from 1994 to 99. He was in 32 episodes. Damn. You know who else is in this? <sighs> She back? Barbara Crampton as yep, she's back. Megan Halsey. She's also played Anne Shachetti in We Are Still Here. God, she's the dynamic duo. Can't catch them well, apart. Well, trio, right? Because Stuart Gordon, too, directed this movie. Oh, that's true, I guess. Yeah. Which, just putting this out here, I was doing the uh, whole like Lovecraftian horror thing. Yeah. I was picking my movies, and I got two movies in, and I went, huh, both of these have Jeffrey Combs in them. Oh, my Lord. Both of these are directed by Stuart Gordon. I wonder if I could just complete this trio. <sighs> the Stuart Gordon trifecta. So I gave us the Stuart Combs, uh, the St- Stuart Gordon, Jeffrey Combs, and Barbara Crampton uh, trilogy. Trilogy. Oh, what a, what a Which I thought you'd appreciate. I you do know? appreciate that, honestly. Because it's cool. Because while their roles in the movies are similar, they're different. And I like seeing the range we're getting from these people. But also... Stuart Gordon has only made two horny movies, and if this movie isn't horny, I'll be mad. Now, the point, the issue with that whole trilogy thing, that is why we watch Castle Freak. Just putting that out there. Well, that was upsetting, <laughs> but that's unrelated, <laughs> But I it think. completes the trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Next person, Bruce Abbott as Dan Kane. He plays Swan in Interzone. David Gale as Dr. Carl Hill. Uh, he plays Dr. Anthony Blakely in The Brain. Robert Sampson as Dean Halsey plays Flynn Harding in Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, we've seen this person before. Carolyn Purden Gordy. Do you know who that is? Oh, that name is super, super familiar. Well, the name should be familiar. It's, uh, I believe, Gordon's ex-wife? Yep, she was in um, Castle Freak. She was that doctor lady. Yes, she was. Yep, I, I was trying to remember. Dr. Block in mm-hmm. From Beyond. That's why her name's Purdy Gordon. Ah, I see. Uh, they were married at the time. Uh, but she plays Dr. Harrod in this one. Always playing doctors. Peter Kent as Melvin. Good old Melvin. I saw this guy, and I started doing like some looking into because oh? it's super interesting. Okay. He did stunts, uncredited, for Arnold Schwarzenegger throughout the 80s. Yo. And, and I'm talking big movies. Terminator, Predator, Total Recall, etc. Holy shit, this guy's like a really, really good stunt actor. Well... Well, okay. I really, he just really kind of looks a lot like like Arnold, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he was in a motorcycle accident, and it messed up his face. But when he was like near fatal accident, like destroyed all the bones in his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he healed, they were like, "Wait a second, you look a lot like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like this Austrian man." <laughs> nice. So yeah, I just thought that was very interesting. That is really interesting. 
I didn't know that. I honestly, I just assumed that Arnold did all of his own stunts. That just feels like something he would do, and I don't know why that is to that me. That does. And I'm sure he has probably done some of them. Probably. But, you know, you really can't do your own stunts as an actor. Yeah, it's dangerous as fuck. Like, the fact that Tom Cruise still does it is insane to me. Well, the main issues are insurance. Yeah. It makes your insurance insane. But also, if you hurt yourself, A, you can ruin your career. Um, but also, like, not going to get paid. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get money. You can ruin a set. Ridiculous. Um, so it's just not a good idea. Even if it's cool. It's definitely cool. Uh, next one. Ian Patrick Williams as Swiss Professor. How specific. <laughs> he also plays David Bauer in Dolls, which was the movie that uh, oh, yeah. Gordon directed at the same time as, I believe, From Beyond? Yeah, I think so. We talked about it. Bunny Summers as Swiss Woman Doctor. Awesome. You've seen this person before in another Gordon movie. Oh? Oh, no. She had a lost dog. She's the neighbor lady. Oh, that lady. Okay. Well, they didn't lose the dog. The dog was found. It was lost for a minute. It ran into a the horny room. (laughs) Uh, And finally, Al Berry as Dr. Gruber. Do you remember Dr. Gruber? No. I'm sorry, Al Berry? Because he's appeared in your favorite Halloween movie of all time. No way. No, you're fucking with me. Yes. No. He's not. No, we're not. He's not back. Who is it, Bob? No. I don't know who it is, but I don't want it to be who I think it is. I, I'm not sure who you think it is, uh, but he's Harry Grimbridge in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. It's the guy at the very beginning in the cold open. Oh, okay. He's being chased. Okay, not that guy's fine. I thought it was going to be somebody else for a second. And I what, got really Cochran? Scared. Yeah, I thought Cochran returned. Cochran's really old. Yeah, but Halloween 3 only came out a couple years before this. He could still be around acting. Yeah, I guess. He was old in that movie, but I mean, you know. Yeah, but this <coughs> movie's 85. I came out like eighty two or something, eighty three. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Probably was seventy three. No, no, no. Okay, because Halloween one was like seventy nine. That's completely. Then fair. Halloween two was eighty one. So Halloween oh, three yeah, was eighty two or eighty three. That, that is fair. Yep. Director Stuart Gordon. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, you know, it's also directed the Pin the Pendulum. Uh, writers on this: Dennis Paoli. Once he's again, back. also writ the dir- the dentist. Next writer. We haven't heard of this one before. William Norris. This is like his only writing credit. Oh, okay. Um, that, that's so weird. I always find it interesting when people have like a movie you watch is like their only writing credit. Yeah. It's the only writing credit. Uh, he does have a couple of like acting credits, but not a lot. One of his acting credits, though, is for Dr. Hussos and the Pin the Pendulum. Okay. Same movie is Gordon directed. Is that a horror movie? Do you know? It's an Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah, but I didn't know if it was like specifically horror. I don't know about the movie, but like. Poe's a gothic. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm aware of that. But which just, is proto-horror, essentially. So I just didn't know how heavily they, lean, they leaned into that in the movie, if you'd seen it. I haven't seen it, so I okay. don't know. I guess it's horror, horror enough adjacent, that it could probably. go on this podcast if we really wanted it to. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, if we ever wanted to do three Stuart Gordon movies in a row, we got Dolls, Pit and the Pendulum, and something else. That's fair. Uh, What, Space Truckers? We could watch Space Truckers. Uh, I don't recommend it. Finally, the last writer, Stuart Gordon. Uh, he's done Body Snatchers. Oh, I forgot he did Body Snatchers. You know how hard it is to, like, have the same <laughs> actors and the same, like, directors, writers, like, on three different movies? It and can't have be that to... fucking hard. But I have to, like, reference different things they're in. Oh, that so I have the to same thing. going yeah. back and checking. Oh, it's a pain. All right. Uh, budget estimated at $900,000. Box office, $2,023,414. 
Okay. So that's more than double. Yeah, it made some money. That's good. I'm glad. Uh, Country of origin, United States. The complete title in the U.S. is H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator. I'm not going to give you the tagline because it's kind of spoilery. It is so good. Okay. Please remind me to give it to you after the film. Yeah, we forgot last time, but I'll try and remember this time. And then I only have one, like, pre-movie fact because, again, I really like this movie, so Mm -hmm. I don't want to spoil anything. Fair enough. Do you really know anything about it? Uh, I've said that I know things about it, but then I've been proven wrong. Was, so, no. What was the thing? Oh. Yeah, I thought I knew what story this was, but I'm completely wrong. It was a different H.P. Lovecraft story. Yeah, you definitely haven't read, read this Yeah, one. I had no idea. But, pre-movie fact, Gordon originally intended for this to be a stage adaptation. Oh, for like a play? Yeah. That'd be cool. But, he eventually retooled it into an hour-long 13-episode <laughs> TV show when he was told that, like, basically they couldn't do stage. Whoa, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, it was originally a 30-minute TV show, but they made it an hour long. However, he was then told that, like, there's no money for TV shows in the horror industry. Yeah. Well, there is nowadays, but... There is nowadays, but not, not in then. the 80s. Yeah. And so, eventually, the scripts he wrote were given to Brian Usna, uh, who's, like, I think the executive producer. But, basically, he convinced him to retool it into this movie, and then it got picked up. So, kind of had a little... A pretty big jump there. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I got for pre-movie facts. Do you want to wait on book comparison points till afterwards? Oh, for sure. For sure, okay. for sure. We'll save it. Actually, could so is um the name of this movie the same as the short story, I assume? Or the name's different? S- sort of different, but that's okay. because there's more stuff tacked on to the book name. Okay. So you can't spoil it yet? You'll save it? Yeah, I'll save it. Okay, cool, cool. I just wanted to ask before we started. I mean, so I, I just wanted to know. Th- there's no spoilers in the name. If you want, I can give you that now. No, we can hold. We can wait. All right. The only thing I want to mention before we start, not really a spoiler, but like kind of something. There is sequels to this movie. Huh? Yeah. There's more than one of these? Yeah. I didn't know that. We're not watching them today. Damn you. Mostly because they don't have <laughs> the trifecta needed uh, to be yeah. a part of You're this. You're right. They don't. We don't have um, everybody. It's not a party so, till the gang's here. You know, I didn't feel like adding them. Also, because the... The second one is the second and third one are not as good as the first one. Yeah, of course. I really, really like the second one though. Yeah, but okay, maybe we'll watch them one day. Yeah, it, one of these days. I was already going for the bit, and I was like, I don't want to break it. <laughs> so <laughs> your commitment to the bit was too much. Yeah, kind of, kind of backfired there. But that's okay. We'll be fine. But I'll talk more about the the sequels. I think afterwards. Okay, that's interesting. I I'm just excited to let everyone know that there won't be another episode. All right. Well, I uh, I guess we'll uh, see you guys after the movie. Yeah. See you in a bit. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching the Reanimator. Yeah. So uh, you don't have to yeah. put that pause at the beginning. It's just Reanimator. Oh, it's not the. It's just Reanimator, not the Reanimator. Well, no, it's not just Reanimator. It's Reanimator. You bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Reanimator. Okay. I just. Yeah, I messed up the last one, too, because I thought it was the cut of the dead, not one cut of the dead. Or I thought it was, sorry, a cut of the dead, not one cut of the dead, but it's one cut of the dead, and this is just reanimator. Yeah. It's Movie re- titles are kind of hard. It's re-animator. Oh, I thought it was one word. No. Okay. Because it's like reanimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's one word, but this is like animator, but re-animator. Okay. It's a... Cool, cool. It's hyphenated? Yeah, it's a hyphen. Oh. <laughs> You're an English major, bro. I don't know. Yeah. Fucking but I, <laughs> I know how they do English from experience. 
Fair enough. Like, somewhat sidetracked. I know we're supposed to be reviewing a movie. Yeah. Um, a lot of, like, my English skills come from, like, reading experience and knowing if something looks correct. Same. There are so many words that I had never heard spoken out loud before. And when I heard the way they were spoken, I went, that's not how you say that word because that's not how I read it in my head. Oh, my God. I always love bits where they make fun of the English language and how oh, nonsensical man. it is because it's a it's frank- insane. It's just a frank inside of a language. Yeah. Which is just a perfect transition to this movie, which is Lovecraft's version of Frankenstein. I would say so, that's accurate. Here's a question. What do you think? <laughs> oh, damn. That's a g- I'll ask you later. Yeah. Because that's a good talking point. I think that's an interesting talking point. I like this movie. You did. It's cool. Yeah. I really like this movie. Too. Yeah. So, like, a lot of the time when you pitch to me something about, like, oh, yeah, I really like this movie, it's usually a mixed bag for me. This is one of the ones where I, where we started and I went, yeah. Like I, what? I'm trying to think of something you liked. Like, um, it's not like it's a – it's more of a, like, you say – sometimes you say you like something and I go out of it, like, like that's okay. You know what I mean? I know, but, like, what movies are you referring to? Because are you saying, like, <sighs> before we watch them, I go, I like this movie? Yeah. And sometimes it's like, I go, okay, that movie's okay. Like, I get why Ben likes it, but it's not for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I'm trying to think of what movies. I am, too, because it's I happened. I, I'm sure it's happened. But what I will say is my, like, I really like this movie is different from just, I like this movie. Yeah. That's fair. So that might be the case previously, is I just like the movie, but I really like Reanimator. I, I, think, I think Reanimator's really good. Honestly, understandably so, after watching it. Do you have anything you want to say before we kind of get into it? Look, all I have to say is Stuart Gordon doesn't miss. <laughs> Horny movie. <laughs> he hits it every time. He nails it. How does this man make such horny movies? I I don't think it's Stuart Gordon per se. I think it's the film culture he comes from. Fair enough. Because there, we... I say we. I screen movies to try and get like better, higher quality movies on the show. Sure. At least so far, right? Yeah, we've seen some bad movies. As we keep going, we kind of filter in some lower quality stuff, which I like B-movies. I do too. That's one of my favorite types of movies. But we haven't really gotten many. Yeah, we haven't done really B-movies. We've done bad movies. Night of the Leapus. I consider that a a B-movie. And that movie's awesome. I love that movie. it's great. I love B-movies. Objectively not great. Yeah. But he admitted it! (laughs) Um... Objectively not great, but it's it's fun. However, there's like I want to say a culture in that style of filmmaking, but like tropes that you see. Yeah. And especially in horror, like kind of schlockier horror, mm-hmm. especially from like the eighties, the nineties, gratuitous nudity and stuff was a big deal. Yeah, this movie's full of nudity. So like so much. The horniness that you keep seeing in Stuart Gordon's movies is it's it's from that, like that's the type of director he's from. That's who he works with. Well, so it just comes through. I also think, and this is something like, I'm not gonna say that these movies are, uh, what's the word for? It? They are horny for a reason. Yeah. I find like their use of sex as a way to make you uncomfortable with the situation you're experiencing is really, 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 really good. Yeah, when which... it makes sense in all the movies that he's made. I'm just putting it out there. Still a horny movie. Fair enough, <laughs> and you're completely right. The sex and nudity in these three Lovecraft films we've watched, all by Stuart Gordon, hasn't been like nudity for nudity's sake. No, it is nudity to make you uncomfortable. And it's a part of the plot. It is a part of the plot, and it makes total sense, too. Like, I enjoy it. It's just like, I guess for me, it's something that I've never really experienced, because like, I don't watch movies outside of this podcast, really. So, 
when I when we open a movie and there's like the opening scene has boobs in it, I'm like, oh my god, we're opening with this. Yeah, and I, I think that's a that's a hard thing to come by because yeah. <laughs> it's hard to do. I don't want to say classy because it's not necessarily classy. No, it's but not like, sex and nudity. That's not gratuitous. Worth it? Yeah, like, it's it's sense. worth it. It makes sense. I totally understand why they did it. That's hard to do in a film, especially like a horror film. So you know, good on him. Um, and it's always interesting to see because like. All that stuff can be scary. In yes, its own way. absolutely. With that being said, I think before we get into this movie, I have other stuff I want to talk about before we get into spoilers anyway. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, since we're on the topic of uh, sex and nudity, uh, I'm just going to give a little disclaimer here. There was something in this movie that made Bob really, really uncomfortable. Mm, yes. So um, it involves, you know, sex stuff. I don't want to spoil anything. I don't either. But let's just say a uh, warning if. Sex stuff makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like... Bob was more uncomfortable than he normally is on the show. I don't think anything's made me that uncomfortable. Like, very, very, very uncomfortable. I so, did almost throw up, too. Yeah, but that was at a different... That thing. was a different... I'm just putting it out there. I Gag know, warning. but you're... You sound like you're talking about that. No. Anyways, just a heads up there. Yeah, for, for sure. For anyone who um, has issues with stuff like that. Uh, nudity warning. Lots of nudity in this movie. I mean, yeah, if you couldn't figure that out. Yeah, I mean... Know. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know... At least when it comes to stuff like uh, the first two movies of Stuart Goins that we watched, there was not there was nudity, but it was only certain characters. There are a lot of nude people in this movie. That is true. A lot mostly, of individual mostly nude. men. It's a lot. There's a lot of background dong, which I appreciate because you don't see a lot of dong in they movies. They cover most of it with light and shadow. That is something I want to talk about. Is they do a really good job of not making it feel over the top by just having it like swinging in the wind. They actually use shadows and like stuff to cover genitalia really well in this Basically, movie. Basically, they tried the show as little as they could. Yeah, but it gave you enough to where it's still poignant, I guess. I think they just couldn't hide it at times. Fair enough. Cuz they they tried to hide it with like body motions. Mm-hmm. Like people would move their leg up slightly mm-hmm. and yeah. you can't do that every time. I I think there just might have been a couple penises that slipped in there. Yeah. Let's see. Something else I want to talk <laughs> That scared the shit out of me, by the way. I did not expect that to happen. <laughs> ben right. just made a motion that is a spoiler. Um, Man, Jeffrey Combs in this movie. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, Jeffrey Combs is Herbert West. That's He's the great. best performance I've seen That's him just give. how I think of Jeffrey Combs, just putting that out there. So sure. If, if anyone's seen this movie, or if you haven't, and you're a fan of Jeffrey Combs, you should check it out. Film. Because, like, it, at least in horror movies, Jeffrey Combs has a, a tendency to do a very good job at acting unhinged. Mm-hmm. And um, Herbert West is a mad scientist. So Yeah, essentially. Letting Jeffrey Combs go wild on that, it, it's so great. It's so good. Like I've told Bob before, there's a reason I go, oh, it's Herbert West, and not, oh, it's Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, that's completely fair. When I fair. see the actor. I just, he does such a good job in this film of, A, playing the mad scientist type, and being an unhinged maniac, but also there are entire moments where you realize he thinks what he's doing is right. Yeah, it's a mad scientist, bud. And it's so cool because it's this moment of like, I don't know, I guess it made me sympathize with the character more and be like, "Mm, I know what he's doing is fucked up, but he might be right. Maybe. And also, he has some really killer one-liners. Oh, yeah. That are so funny. Whoever wrote his dialogue did such a good job. Like, so good. Anything else we want to talk about before we get to spoilers? Nah, I just kind of want to get into it. Do you have anything? Nothing that I can't talk about later. Okay, so I'm going to go pretty quick here. The rough premise is that Dan Kane is a, what is he? Uh, medical student. Medical student. But I, he 
graduated from college, so he's in med school. Yeah, I think he's in med school working at a hospital. Which, uh, what's, there's a name for that, though. Oh. If you're working at a hospital, you're a, uh, um, oh my god. Right? I, there's a there's a word for it. I don't know what or it is, is he though. still in med school? He's probably still in med school. He's still in med school, because remember, he was in class. Oh, yeah, so that's different. Never mind. Yeah. Long story short, Kane's working at, I guess, the a teaching hospital. Yeah. Uh, at Miskatonic University. Mm-hmm. In Arkham, Massachusetts, which is like, if anyone's familiar with Lovecraft, that's kind of like the big, that's his baby. Like that area mm-hmm. yeah. is his baby. That's where he sets a lot of stuff, is that Miskatonic. And yeah, yeah, and Massachusetts. Like very Yeah, common. but it's like that fictional town in that mm-hmm. fictional yeah, yeah, yeah. university. And he's at that hospital he's working, and Dan is actually dating the daughter of the dean of this uh, teaching hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan. Yep. Uh, Hales, right? I Halsey. Halsey, that's it. And you know, they're having a good relationship. And then one day, a new man comes to campus. Mr. <sighs> Herbert West from Switzerland. Oh man. Um where, you know, he was learning there under this guy, Hans Gruber. Yep. But you know, he's learned all he can from Hans Gruber. So he's moved on. Mostly because we saw him die in the cold open. I was about to say we didn't talk about how good the cold open was. And, you know, long story short, Dan's low on money and he needs a roommate. And um Mr. West is like, yeah, I can cover I'll rent. pay first of the month. Just let me have this room, some privacy, and, you know, your basement to do some mad experiments in. Yep. Uh, and you know what? I'd take the deal. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. He he pays him in cash, which is pretty great. He pays him in cash and goes, you'll never see me. <laughs> yeah, great roommate right there. Great roommate. Long story short, he's got this glowing re... What is it? Reagent? He calls it a reagent. That brings things back to life and... Lo and behold, Herbert West essentially ropes Dan and Megan helping him in his experiments. And Megan's around. Nosy as hell and keeps Super involving nosy. herself to disastrous consequences. Disastrous basically consequences. Basically, everything that goes wrong in this movie originates from Megan being Sticking nosy. her nose where it does not belong. Um, I do get why she does it. but For sure. Consequences. Consequences of her own actions. Uh, and, you know, eventually things start to snowball and spiral. and um, Things get out of hand so fast. <sighs> yeah. That's that's the, that's the rough overview. Yeah, I think we leave it at that. Because there's some stuff that, like, man, the end of this movie. Yeah, I will say, this is one of those movies where, like, you can know that premise. Mm-hmm, for sure. You can have a good idea of what's going to happen. Still cool. But it's still cool because of the practical effects used throughout oh, this film. Oh, my God. So good. This might be... I, I guess I, I do say this a lot. This might be the best practicals we've seen in a movie yet. I'm trying to think of a movie that did something better. You know what I mean? Well, it depends. <clears throat> For, like, I'd say gore, maybe. Yeah. There's been some better practicals on different things, but different movies have different specialties. Mm-hmm. Like, Itsy Bitsy, not a great film. No, but that but is But its creature crazy practicals are insane. the spider are very good. Crazy shit. Love that. And I, on this movie, the idea is, like, Practicals on gore are very good. Mm-hmm. And just some of its uh, technical practicalities, too. I, well, I, I, just kinda, I don't want to spoil something, but there's something I do want to talk about because it's super, super dope because I don't really see it in other movies. This is one of the only movies where I've seen it really happen. But when they're like, let me put it this way, people get thrown, not people. <laughs> Things get thrown against walls. And they and the impact they always leave is so cool. Yeah, there's like a, a bloody imprint. Or, like, chunks of it or something. Or, yep. like, in it's, like, I don't see that in other movies. You know what I mean? Like, the pure viscera of this film. It's just an attention to detail that most films don't have. Exactly. It's also just blatant gore, which you have to worry about when you're going through, like, 
the sensor board. Yeah. Which this movie's I mean, unrated, so I was about to say, have to worry. That's why this one version's unrated, for sure. Like, they set up so much stuff early on in the film, like, in the first, like, I don't know, 20 minutes, that you don't see come back around till the end of the movie. And it's really fucking cool. I'm trying not to spoil it, but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, we can probably start spoiling it now. Because we're going to have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, you ready? Yeah. For any, I guess this is the final warning. If you don't want any, like, big spoilers. Yeah, any major spoilers. Because I'm going to say it right now. Go check this movie out. It's on Shudder. Like, it's on Shudder. I'm sure you can rent it places. If you liked From Beyond, that episode, or Castle Freak, I would say this is the best of the three. Yeah, it's definitely better. Yeah. Like, I, I like From Beyond a lot. That movie's cool. Castle Freak is fine. This movie, top tier. All right. What did you want to say? You were referencing they did stuff in the beginning that so, comes back later. The beginning of the movie, we see very early on Dan Kane dropping someone off in the morgue. Yeah. And they, like, go through, and he, like, drops off this lady. And later on in the movie, actually, I just, yeah, whatever. Later on in the movie, him and uh, Herbert go in there, and they're trying to find a person to reanimate with mm-hmm. the reagent. Because they, they're like, okay, the last guy we tried to reanimate didn't go so well because he wasn't fresh enough. So we're trying to find the freshest corpse possible to reanimate, to, just to test. Because basically, they're both being kicked out of school for, like, getting caught up in this BS with... No, they're, they're going into the morgue to test it on a human. Yeah. They just tested it on an animal. Mm-hmm. They haven't done a human test yet. Oh, I thought he said he had done it on humans, but it were like, they need a fresher corpse because it didn't work or whatever. Nah, I don't think they've tested it on a human. I thought he... Yeah, he did test it on a human. Uh, I don't think he tells Dan that. He doesn't tell Dan that. But anyway, they're in the morgue looking for a corpse to test on stuff, and they're trying to find a body that's mostly put together so that it doesn't have any, like, outside issues, right? And they're going through, and they're reading all these medical tags. They're like, burn victim, meatball. I didn't understand that one. Like, he got eviscerated by something. Ah, that makes sense. There was a bunch of other ones. Heart failure was one of them. And then there's the lady that Dan had taken in there earlier on in the movie. Yep. Way later in the movie, probably, I don't know. Very end. Very end of the movie. All of those people that they had taken out on those morgues get brought back as zombies. You know, it's the classic idea of, what, Chekhov's gun? Yeah. And they all have crazy practical makeup to match their injuries. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the burn victims all, like, flayed and burnt and crispy looking and, like, gross. The dude that was the meatballs, like, got flesh flayed off of him and, like, yeah. disgusting. And it's, like, the attention to detail of that. Like, that just seems like a throwaway line of, like, oh, yeah, they have to be talking about something during the scene. They might as well explain it. Well, but to bring all those things back and make them scary? It's just good writing. Cause, like, it's good. You don't have to say all the injuries these people mm-hmm. have. You could just do the makeup and show all these random dead bodies at the yeah, end. Yeah, for sure. But giving us, like, their injuries and their manner of death before the very end of the movie makes it feel well-earned when you show those things. For sure, them. absolutely. And you it's one of the coolest parts of the movie. In a film when you're writing it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they did it, it's good writing. It's so cool. I just appreciate the, the coming, bringing all that stuff back around. It, um, I just enjoy it. And I, I think that's just a thing with this film is good writing, which is something we saw in From Beyond as well. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's the same writing team plus a new guy, but still. Yeah. Kind of backtracking a little bit to the practical effects here. Mm-hmm. Lots of blood used in this film. Lots of blood. I have a number. In gallons? Yes. Awesome. So cool. Yeah, this, this movie is incredibly bloody. Yeah, I mean, the gore effects here are kind of the main focus of the film because, again, it's reanimating bodies, but it's not like bringing them back perfectly. Yeah. It's, they're in the state they were when they died, mm-hmm. or at the very least, they're in the state they were when you inject them with the reagent, so they don't look great, but 24 gallons of pig blood. Ooh, used. that's a lot. Yeah. 
God damn. What's that? Almost five five-gallon buckets full? <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. One gallon short. Yeah. Holy crap. That's a lot of blood. Makes sense, though. Yeah. Like, I would... Especially because... Uh, something we haven't mentioned. Things that are reanimated aren't exactly, like, all peace and love, man. They're all, like... Nah. They're angry. Some of them are angry. They're kind of feral. Yeah. I mean, like your classic zombie. Kind of. Yes, except super, super strong. Super strong and not flesh-eating. Yeah. Wow. Well, they don't really they try bite. to... bite. Bite. But they're not... Their goal is not to eat no. you. Again, I'd describe them as feral animals. Yeah. Less like... Like uh, their brain function has deteriorated as their brain rots. Yeah, that makes sense. With that being said, way stronger than they were in life. <sighs> There's one really good scene where a guy breaks down a steel door. He, like, bursts through a steel freezer door, and it's incredible. Yeah. Such a good moment. I, I think that, that like, I like the, the zombie creatures in this film a lot, mostly because they're unique in that we don't really see anything. Most zombie films, it's like, oh, they're flesh-eating monsters. But in this, it's like, no, they're still people. No, I'd say... Fairly. I describe the... I'm just going to call them zombies. I mean, yeah, they're basically ease. zombies. The zombies in this film, I think, are interesting because rather than being, like, zombies in the traditional sense, I think of these more as just corpses. Yeah. They're just corpses. They're well, moving corpses. I was going to say, like, I just, I feel like the use of them, like, them having super strength in that moment solidifies how actually fucking terrifying these things are. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, this thing could rip me limb from limb if it wanted to. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, that's just something that, I find in a lot of other zombie movies, you're more afraid of the numbers and less afraid of the individual. But in this, it's like every single one of them is scary. Yeah, and I think that has to do with the fact that the reagent that Herbert West is using maybe be do- it's maybe doing stuff besides just bringing you back to life. Yeah, like it's maybe giving them super strength. Mm-hmm. There's some hints that there's maybe some telekinesis or something. Yeah, going some weird on. like psychic connection, Don't which know is interesting. About that. Do you have anything else that note on that? On the gore and practicals and zombies and stuff. Because I have one more thing to note. I don't have anything, so go for it. All right. Next biggest thing, and this is kind of a big spoiler for the movie. I was wondering if we were going to talk about it. There's a character in this film mm-hmm. who ends up getting his head chopped off. Yeah. And Herbert West, like the mad scientist he is, injects both the head and the body and the body with serum. And so for the rest of the movie, this mad cadaver is tromping around, like attacking people and stuff. But he's, like, holding his head. In, like, a medical tray. In a medical tray. Or, like, right on his chest. Yep. Very convincing, like, fake head, first of Very, all. very good fake head. But also, half, most of the time, it's a real head. Yeah. And I just want to note right now that that's all practical effects. Mm-hmm. And it's insane because of the lengths the actor had to go through to, like, do that. Yeah, man. So for all the scenes where he's in a tray on the table... Those are, like, fake bottom tables. Yep, and he's, like, stuck up under them, sticking his head through. There's a couple scenes where his body is holding his own real head. Yeah. And, like, moving about. How they did those is they built, like, an extra torso on top of him, and mm-hmm. he squatted. So I just want to say, practical effects in this are great. They're and I, so, I so cool. I just wanted to mention that. They are so cool, man. Like, some of the best stuff I've seen in a movie ever. Also, did you catch the homage to The Exorcist in the, at near the end of the movie? Yeah, with the backlit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super cool. Love stuff like that in movies. What's really, really cool about that head practical and something I enjoy a lot is most of the time when you see someone's head get cut off in a movie, it's like a clean cut. The viscera that hangs from the bottom of his neck yeah. when his head's being like toted around by his body. It's also on the body too. Yeah, it's so good. It's like incredible. It looks awesome. It's one of like it's probably the best head practical I've ever seen. I I will keep talking about it because it's crazy. 
But this movie's just full of crazy shit like that, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we can go on and on about uh, we can practical going. effects. Just point being, they're very well done. They did a lot to get them done really well, mm-hmm. and they really tried, and you can tell. I think the last thing I want to mention about practicals, and then I think we have to move on, or we'll just kind of keep talking in a circle. Yeah, we'll keep talking. Is about the reagent. Bob, do you want to describe what oh the my reagent God. looked like? This motherfucker. Okay, so the movie begins, and we're in, uh, oh my God. Switzerland? No, we're not in Switzerland. We're in, um, how did I forget his fucking name? Already. We're in, uh, Herbert. How did you forget Herbert West's name? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I, well, I was thinking H, and I kept going to Henry, but I was like, it's not Henry. We're in Herbert West's lab for the first time, or his room. And, of course, Megan's snooping around, <laughs> per usual, as she does. Per usual. And she pops open his little fridge that he keeps in his room, and there's a glowing green vial of, like, fluorescent, like, green liquid. Yeah. Glowing in the bottom of his fridge. And I go, Ben, what's that? And you're like, nothing. That's nothing. What are you talking about? I'm like, there's a green glowing liquid down there. What the hell is that? Yeah. It's, like, violently, caustically green. Yeah, it's glowing green. Like, hardcore. And I was like, oh, they must have did that in post. Nope. No. What the hell is that stuff? Okay, first of all, I want to mention, you see it in the cold open, too, and you just didn't Didn't catch it. it. Yeah. Yeah, well. Which I thought was surprising, because it's glowing green. Yeah. Um, I'm blind. Do you have any guess about what that is? Well, I assume they just emptied a bunch of glow sticks into a jar. Yes, they did. <laughs> yep. That yeah. makes sense. The reagent, uh, the glowing green stuff, it's just glow stick fluid. Yep. Uh, Makes sense. Interestingly enough, if you stick glow sticks in like a cold environment, like a fridge or a freezer, it slows down the chemical reaction. Oh. So it glows longer. Oh. So basically they emptied a crap ton of them into a bottle. Yep. And then threw it in like a freezer between takes and would take it out when they needed it. That's cool. It's a really cool effect. It looks really crazy in the film. Like it genuinely looks really cool. It looks like the perfect mad scientist mm-hmm. liquid. It's so good. It stands out on film, which is even better. It really stands I, out. It is probably one of the best choices as far as practical effects in this movie go. Yeah, for sure. I think it's I the first that. thing people notice about this film. All right, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Because I have something I really want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we can, but we can go with you because I'm, I'm, oh, you're going to for last. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I got to talk about something else then, huh? Okay, before we get to that, <laughs> let me show you the cover of this movie. Oh, yeah. But first, I the tagline. The tagline. Herbert West has a good head on his shoulders and another one on his desk. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. That's a really, really good tagline. Such a spoiler, right? It is such a spoiler because that doesn't happen for a while. You see the poster that's even more of a spoiler? <sighs> sure. It's, I think, one of the most stylized yet cool posters that we've okay. seen so far. Can I take your phone? Yeah. That's such a good, like, that's so good. Such a good poster. Spoiler is shit. Oh, yeah. So glad I didn't see that before the movie. It will scare you to pieces. That's the That's second good. tagline. That's good. Yeah, That's it's so really, really good one. Uh, this is the non-spoiler one, which is a lot. Well, no, that's the second movie. Never mind. Here's another one. It's not as bad. No, nah, that doesn't spoil anything, but it's still a cool poster. Yeah, there you go. There's the tagline stuff. I said I would do that, and I did yeah, it. Thank you. Thank you for remembering time. this time, yeah. I think we said we'd do that on what? Castle Freak or From Beyond, and we just forgot? Something. It was Castle Freak. Oh, boy. What else to talk about in this movie that I don't want to spoil anything? I will say, I mentioned it earlier, the end of this movie is super good. Mm-hmm. Like, I like this movie. The end brought it up a level for me. Oh, no. This movie is one of those films where it's like a slow, it's like a snowball rolling down a hill mm-hmm. where it gets bigger and bigger. And you can see it happening. Oh, right? for sure. Like, you know what's happening. But basically, things escalate and they escalate and they escalate. 
and you know it's all just going to get worse. Yep. Nothing gets better. Also, once again, amazing end to an H.P. Lovecraft story. Like, I don't know if that's how the book ends, but that, I think that's a fitting end to an H.P. Lovecraft story. Yeah. Like, in my opinion. I mean, I think generally this whole movie is a pretty good yeah. adaptation. I mean, yeah. Well, not adaptation, but a pretty good, like, story. I think that's all I got, Ben. That's all you got? I think that's all I got. All right. There's nothing else I want to talk about because it's too spoilery because we've kind of avoided the major stuff. I know. We've kind of just talked about the effects of this movie, which are great. Because that's one of the coolest things about it. And we've talked about, you know, Jeffrey Combs, who does an amazing Amazing job. So if that's all you got, that's completely fine. Because I don't want to, like, spoil everything. Yeah, I don't want to talk about... Because a lot of this movie is the shock factor. Yes. Because it looks good. But it's a, it's a lot of things you'd expect from a Frankenstein movie, essentially. Yeah. The thing I want to mention before we move on to, like, talking about the book versus the movie. Mm-hmm. And whatever questions you have about that. Is the relationship between Dan Kane Oh, okay. And Herbert West. Okay. Okay. Now... Thought you were gonna go somewhere else, and I was gonna be really upset. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're not gonna, we're just not gonna touch. We're just on gonna that. Not talk that. No, absolutely not. That's related to the uncomfortable sexual moments in this film. Mm-hmm. It can be uncomfortable. It can be really uncomfortable. Yeah, uncomfortable warning. Anyways, yeah. So the re- the relationship between Dan Kane and Herbert West, and I'm just gonna put this out here. This is not my view of their relationship, but I know it is a read that some people have. Okay. Of Dan Kane and Herbert West having an almost uh. Let's say romantic relationship. Where does that come from? They're kind of weirdly codependent. Yeah, but I think that's mostly because Dan doesn't know what the fuck he's gotten himself and into. Herbert West is a little batshit obsessive about Dan. That's fair. And also dislikes Dan's girlfriend. Oh man. Okay, well, hold on. <laughs> I hadn't really considered. Maybe? So that that that's a read I've heard, right? I could see it. And I get why people see that. If you haven't seen the film, obviously you probably. But don't I know think what it's a very one sided relationship. Yeah. Like, I don't think Dan gives a shit. Well, no, Dan's kind of weirdly into Herbert's stuff. But. Well, that's also because he's a doctor? Yeah. But at the same time, he's the only one who's kind of. Not crazy. Into Dan's. Or into oh. West's stuff. Yeah. Like, I everyone guess. else kind of dismisses West, and Dan's kind of like. Well, it's because know. he's the only one that's really seen what it can do without getting murked. Well, theoretically, other people have seen it. Well, theoretically. No one in this film, but yeah. yeah. All right, so that's a read people have. That's not the read I have. I think it's an interesting read, it for sure. It is an interesting read. Not to toot my own horn. I think I have a better one. God damn it. Okay. All right, so when I watch this film, mm-hmm. Herbert West, to me, comes off as sociopathic. For sure. Right? I could see that. Yeah. He's very much obsessed with his work and doesn't really get human emotions outside of that nope and a lot of his behavior is emotionless unless he's manipulating someone yeah or lying or whatever or being angry or being angry but he's just obsessive controlling and stuff like that basically i watch him and as just a normal person i look at him and go that's a psychopath for sure you know straight up sociopath probably not psychopathic per se he's not obsessed with like killing and murder as we generally associate with psychopaths. Yeah. But he is obsessed with his work, and he's willing to go to extreme lengths, extreme lengths for that. And I will mm-hmm. put that out there. But something interesting about, like, I think it's sociopaths, but it could be psychopaths. Either way, is that, like, they can have, I guess the closest word is pets. So rather than loved ones, but, like, you know, pets. Mm-hmm. And the idea is they have someone who's, like, they like in the same way you like your dog. Oh, that's fucked up. Because it's, like, you don't necessarily love them. You but you the slander he's talking about you, Piper? 
they don't necessarily love them, but they do like enjoy like having them something around. around. Yeah, I know what you mean. And that is my read on what Herbert West views Dan as. Dan's like his little sidekick puppet. That's fair. That he's attached himself to, and enjoys like showing his work off and being mm-hmm. like, "Look at me, I'm a genius. Idolize me." And that's why Makes he's sense. like so against like Megan kind of getting in the way of that because he's like she's distracting my little minion away from me yeah we can't be having that that's fair anyways that's my read on that no that's good that makes sense totally makes sense especially for the way like how do i put this there are moments where dan definitely <laughs> is in over his head it doesn't really know what to do in this situation because yeah. herbert has gotten him mixed up in some crazy shit oh my god yeah and herbert very much like i would I don't know, treat my dog, walks up and, like, puts a blanket on him and says, yeah. it's just shock, don't worry about it, we'll, we'll fix it. One of the moments I want to mention is, like, I think part of the reason I have that read is because Herbert West does things to Dan that if he is, like, an actually manipulative character and not just, like, lucking into these things, mm-hmm. he is specifically doing certain things to make Dan dependent on him. And, yeah, you yeah. could see that as, like, a weird, obsessive, controlling lover, but I just see it as a man who, like, wants to control this other person. Yeah, I don't think there's um, anything like, like I, don't, I don't think it's sexual. I think yeah, I don't think so either. I think it's straight up. He's a psychopath, but he wants to control this person because he's for some reason latched onto him. Well, I think the reason he latches onto him is a because it's easy because he's your roommate. Yeah, and he's around. But b, I don't really know if he has a choice because once Megan and Kane discover all of his shit, it's like okay, I have to get rid of her, but I can keep him around. Fair. I'd like to say it's probably the fact that Dan is probably the first peer West has had that's taken him seriously. That's probably and given true. him like the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, because like most people go, "This is a crazy person." Dan goes, "You know what? You can live with me. I'm just gonna leave you alone. I respect you." <sighs> yeah, that's fair. And then you know, West slowly realizes he can manipulate this person, and he's like, "Oh, he can help me." Yeah, and oh, he thinks I'm smart. I think another thing is like also at least from my point of view, and I guess it's kind of continued in the end of the movie, I think slowly throughout the movie, West realizes, oh, I'm not immortal. Like, I will die. I need someone or something to have this research so that when I die, or if like if this goes poorly, because it does go poorly, <laughs> I need someone to continue my research and have access to this thing. So I think he saw in Dan and him a way to continue if his research got out of hand. I'm going to be honest here. Yeah. I like where you're coming from, Bob. Yeah. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I think Herbert West believes he's mortal. I think he views Dan as, like, the backup in case anything goes wrong to, like, protect his research and him. Yeah. But I do think Herbert West views himself as kind of immortal. Because, I mean, he's perfecting the research to bring back the dead. Mm-hmm. That is classic God complex right oh, there. Oh, for sure. This man definitely doesn't think he's going to die. Oh, yeah. Or if he does think he's going to die, he's just going to bring himself back. He's just going to get brought back, um, yeah. I guess more of a security measure. Because, like, in my mind at least... Uh, that's kind of a spoiler. Never mind. Go keep ahead my and mouth say shut. It. No, go ahead and say it. At the end of the movie, mm-hmm. when Dan and Megan escape, assumedly West dies. We don't see what happens to West. He he more than likely dies. I assume that he just thinks, oh, when I die, Dan has the serum. He's just gonna bring me back. He's just gonna bring me back. If, like it's possible, yeah. right? That would be my thought. So, um, remember how I said this movie has sequels? Guess who lives? <laughs> no way. Yeah, Herbert West lives. What? We're not. Oh. That's not like a big shocker. Like if if you know anything about the next movie, I didn't know anything about the next movie. That's crazy. Like, I mean, if you like look up the movies, he, he yeah, it's Herbert West. You can't have a reanimator film without Herbert West. 
Damn him. Um, Damn him, that bastard man. Yeah, no, I think he just views, basically, at the end of the film, where it looks like he's dying. Yeah. Really, what's happening is Herbert West is being attacked by a reanimated corpse. Mm-hmm. A lot of reanimated corpses. And he can't get away from, like, the bad stuff that's happening. Yeah. So he has Dan take his research. Mm-hmm. In that moment, I don't think Herbert West necessarily thinks he's going to die. I think he's just worried about his research being destroyed. Fair enough. And he's just having Dan take it, just you in case. You don't think that he views Dan as an extension of, like, his legacy if he were to die, though? Because, I mean, for me, at least, that's where, like, that would be my main reason to want— Because, like, if you think your research is so important, would you not have a backup plan? That would be my main, like, thought process if I was a normal person. But he's not a normal but person. I think he has a god complex to the point where, like, he doesn't think he's going to die. I mean, Dan yeah. might be the backup plan of, like, if I do die— Mm-hmm. he's the one who brings me back yeah of course but he doesn't think he's gonna die so i think dan's like kind of just back up and also like at that point in the film we've kind of real like i don't know what more like hmm, how do i put this we realized that we've only seen one corpse brought back that still maintained a semblance of consciousness that was not you know just feral animal yeah and that seems to be luck y- um, maybe no because we've seen corpses that fresh yeah yeah i guess it might have been luck but yeah on the on the matter sequels there's two okay there's a second one and a third one, you know. I know you said you'd like the second one. Like the second one? I haven't seen the third one. Oh, shit. I haven't seen that one yet. Maybe we'll um, get around to them. second one's pretty good, though. Yeah. Uh, it's not as well rated, but it's continuing the tradition of Frankenstein. Do you want me to tell you the name of it? Because that'll tell you enough to know. So Sure. You're going to hear the name of it eventually. So yeah. As well. uh, Bride of Reanimator. Yep. In clear reference to? Oh, Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. That's really cool, actually. I wonder who that is, though. Well, I'll actually, hold on. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Uh, clearly. Or are you? If it's not, I'll be surprised. Because if it's a sequel, it it better explain what happens at the end of the movie. Because <laughs> yeah, if it doesn't, I'll be pissed. The ending is very ambiguous. Super uh, ambiguous. Especially like the part where it seems like Herbert dies. Yeah. I think because this whole film was written as a, a standalone film and not a... Sequel. This is going to have a sequel. Yeah. But this film ended up doing well enough to get one. So yeah, there is some confusion there. I will say the ending makes this hard to view as a multiple film, but it's not too bad. Fair enough. You want to do book? comparison stuff? Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm really interested in the book now. Alright, so, the film is based on H.P. Lovecraft's short story, Herbert West, Reanimator. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, which was written between October 1921 and June 1922, and serialized in Homebrew Volume 1 between February and July 1922. Okay. So, this is a very interesting short story in that it is divided into multiple parts. Whoa, okay. That's cool. So, I'd say it's kind of like chapters, except there's pretty decent time jumps between some of them. Okay. The idea being like this part of the story would be in issue one and this part of the story would be in issue two. Mm-hmm. I believe it was in issues one through six of volume one of Homebrew. Okay. Which was a magazine run by one of uh, Lovecraft's friends, I believe. Oh, how nice. Well, don't say how nice. He was getting paid. Well, no, I'm just saying like good good for him for having friends that have magazines he can publish in. I mean, yeah, but you're like a, a writer, so... Yeah, and like that's how a lot of horror, but especially Lovecraft's works, got published back in the day. Yeah, um, it's kind of a publishing style. It doesn't exists. really exist anymore because no one buys magazines. It does, but it's not like the same mainstream style of consuming like stories. Yeah, as it was. Fair enough. Now the story kind of different. Yeah, Let me stress that there. It follows the perspective of a narrator who's like detailing his time with Herbert West as like his assistant. Oh, that's as he cool. Tries to perfect his reagent, which is basically what Dan is. Yeah, essentially the narrator's Dan. Makes sense. And it's Dan in the future detailing his time, assisting Herbert West. Oh God, that's okay. essentially how it's told. Now I think you're gonna ask this question: 
blatant homage to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah, has to be. Apparently, in some letters that Lovecraft wrote, he references it being like a parody of it. Uh, okay. The short story, I mean. Yeah. Not the movie, but like I there's know. some parody elements and some just blatant homages. And I mean, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, he's bringing reanimated tissue to life. Makes sense. Frankenstein's kind of the originator of that. For sure, for sure. I read Frankenstein in high school. It was ac- it was one of the only books we read that year that I actually enjoyed. It's decent. It's a good book. Yeah. I like Dracula, too. Never read Dracula. Oh. Gothic horror is always fun. Yeah. Kind of last big note here, though, is Lovecraft was unhappy with Reanimator. Really? Yeah, he didn't like it. It's one it. of his most popular stories. I mean, it's fairly popular. Well, okay. In From my perspective, I guess, it's I mean, the yeah. one I hear talked about the most. I think that's because of this movie. It's because of you. <laughs> oh, well, that's fair. You talk about it a lot, my guy. I love this movie. I know. It's a good movie. No, but Lovecraft didn't like hit the story he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> and he claimed to only have written it because he was being paid $5 per installment, which I, is a lot. I was about to say, that's a lot of money in the 1920s. Um, but I think the reason he didn't like it is because of how it turned out due to the requirements placed upon him. Mm, I see. So I haven't read it. It's one of the stories I haven't read, right? I have read some summaries, and I'll talk about that in a second, just to, like, ready up for this podcast. But apparently one of the things that happens in the story is, like, for each section, he had to, like, cover what happened in the last section, like, again. Oh, my because lord. Because it's serialized in a magazine. <clears throat> yeah, so you didn't have context if you were just picking up. Yeah. That's, like, at the beginning of – they do this in anime. I'm going to complain about it. When they show you the end of the last episode no. at the beginning of the first episode – you know what I'm talking about? You ever yeah. witnessed that in Most anime? Most TV shows do that. Dumb. And I hate it. Because, like, it, I guess back in the day, if you were watching something on TV, that makes sense. Because, like, you were watching it on a week-to-week basis. Maybe you missed last week's episode. No, I mean, that's a classic serialization thing that a lot of shows do. Yeah, but now in the modern day, like, I don't see a point. Because, like, at least for me, I binge stuff a lot. So if I'm watching something, I just watched the episode right before. You no, know I what think I mean? It, ten- it tended to fall out of style. When sh- I the assume last when couple years streaming or so, came streaming around, got yeah. really, really big. That's why I hate watching old anime, because they do it a ton. It's super annoying. You know, you could just say TV shows. No, specifically anime does a lot, though. For you? Yes. Most, like, TV shows do it. Really? Yeah. I've only ever witnessed it in anime. Says something different about you. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, like, that's something he had to deal with, and so... That know. is annoying as shit. Yeah. So, it would piss me off, too. I think that lowered, like, his experience with it. Yeah, fair enough. It might also be because it was a blatant parody as well that made him <laughs> not like it as much. I have also heard it's one of those works that has a lot of his uh, classic racism. Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, I that's love always that. great when you're reading Lovecraft. You have to deal with that. Jesus Christ. Um, with that being said, I said I read like some summaries of the different chapters. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk about too much in case you're actually going to go and read it. Maybe. It's, it's probably pretty short. It's still technically a short story. I mean, story. yeah. A lot um, of his stuff is really short. But it was interesting reading the summaries and going, oh, I see where they took that and that somehow ended up in the movie. <laughs> well, that's good, though. Like, I enjoy yeah, that kind like, of stuff. Let me be honest. The basic premise comes from the story, but this is fairly different. Well, yeah, it's also set in, like, a completely different, like, period. Yeah, it's set in the modern era because it was too expensive to set it. If you had set this in the 20s, it'd be a completely in, like, different the movie. In, the century. Also, hospitals work different. Yeah, exactly. Like, I it would be a very, very, very different film. If you paid attention, but the teaching hospital in this film is kind of weird. And that's because it's kind of like a teaching hospital in the 1920s. Really? That's interesting. It's a little odd. Well, it's the idea that you had to do like a big experiment to get your doctorate kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you can see like where a lot of they took inspirations from different sections and then compiled them together to get this film. That's really cool, actually. Um, Which was cool to see reading like stuff about it. Mm -hmm. 
I can definitely see how this story would work really well as a serialized TV show, which is probably why Stuart Gordon did that originally, or not originally, but secondly. Yeah, well, he, what he planned on doing with it. Yeah, which is something I want to bring up right now. Would you like to see this as like a TV show? It's interesting as an idea. Maybe not this story, but like the original one. That would be cool. Because that one has, not to describe too much, that one covers a longer time jumps. Mm-hmm. And also would be said in the 19, like 20s or so. I was about to say, I think this this film in particular, the story told in this film works perfectly as perfectly a film. as a movie. Yeah, if you were to do this as a TV show, it would take too long, and I don't know if adding time to it would really help because I think this movie is paced really, really well. Yeah, because it means you get reveals. It's paced so that like by the time stuff gets revealed, you've forgotten that they had set it up because it was so long ago. And if you were to do that over more episodes, I don't know if it would work. Yeah, let me say, the story in this movie is made to be a movie. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is the story of the short story Mm -hmm. is made more as a serialized thing. Yeah. I'm not sure if I stress this. The premise is, like, the narrator and Herbert West are trying to, like, perfect the the reagent. Yeah. So each serialization is them, like, trying to perfect it in a different way. It's like their step-by-step process okay. as they're doing different experiments. Oh, so then every episode would be, like, it would be very episodic, I guess? Yeah, in you a certain maybe way. have a couple episodes that are covering one, like, blip in time. Mm-hmm. But I meant, like, there's blips where it jumps from, we're here, now we jump forward, like, a year or something. That could be really cool if it were done correctly. So I would be interested, yeah. Yeah. I think that could be really interesting. Oh, Especially yeah. if you were moved to, to move the setting back to the 20s where it was really written. I was just wondering if you'd be interested in, like, For sure. that style of remake. I think so, because TV shows are a lot more uh, popular nowadays for horror, because horror yeah. has grown as a genre. Man. It's not just porn and smut, as it used to be referred to. Yeah, I mean, there's the A24 Crystal Lake show that's coming out. There's the Chucky show. There's the Scream show. There's a bunch now. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of, like, Netflix original horror shows that are actually good. Yeah. Like, Midnight Mass is one of my favorite shows of all time. It's a Netflix horror show. So good. All right, well, you got anything else to add, Bob? Yes. I remembered something that I wanted to bring up earlier. Are you done? Like, is this the last thing we're going to talk about before we give ratings and stuff? Yeah. Good. You kept saying, and I, I, oh, man, I wanted to open with this, but I said it's a spoiler, but now we've talked about it, so it doesn't matter. Well, actually, it's still a spoiler, but I'm going to give it anyway, even though we haven't talked about it. You keep saying that this is essentially a riff on Frankenstein. Yes. Here's my question. Who's Frankenstein's monster in this film, if you were to give an answer? Oh, Frankenstein's monster? Yeah. Headless corpse. I think you're wrong. Do you think it's, um... Yes. The one that... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you've read Frankenstein. You know this. Yeah. The monster has good intentions at first. He's only only treated poorly because of the way he looks. Yeah. Which is exactly how I feel about this character. And in the end, he does the right thing. Yes. Okay. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. You have to remember there's multiple Frankenstein's monsters. It's true. And in the first one, you're right. Frankenstein yeah, monster the OG Frankenstein. is a sympathetic character. Yes, very much so. However, in later Frankensteins, Frankenstein is um straight up like a villain. Yeah. I was just saying like And also more intelligent because at some point Igor's brain gets put into Frankenstein. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, there's multiple Frankensteins. It's conf- Frankenstein monsters. It's confusing. I think I read somewhere that this is based on one of the Frankenstein sequels. Well, I was gonna ask, now that I know this, do you think that intentionally when this was made that they included representations of both like the headless one is a representation of a different version of the monster and then he the original is a representation of the original from the original novel honestly i don't know if they were going for representations of frankenstein i think that's a good a cool idea it is a cool idea 
I think you're right. I'm not sure if they were going for it. I think it's just it's easy to have a, a sympathetic dead character mm-hmm. because they were brought back to life against their will. Yeah. And they don't seem to be enjoying it. They are not having a good time. So it's easy to do sympathetic. Okay. When I say this is a spin on Frankenstein, what I'm more referring to is the concept of bringing something, something back, back to life. life. I know. And I'm really referring to like the original text, which again, I haven't read, so I can't give you examples. Fair enough. But I think there's like very close like quotes that are like referencing it. Oh, okay. That's cool. I just thought I'd bring that up because I thought about that at the start and went, man, that's a cool idea. No, that's definitely a cool idea. And I think you're right. The the one Bob's referring to, we'll say, is... I really don't want to spoil who it is. The second it's interesting. human cadaver that Dan and Herbert West Yeah, because the first one is a menace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a good way to put it. But yeah, I just thought I'd pose that question because you kept saying, like, oh, this is, like, a version of Frankenstein. And I was like, well, which one's the monster? No, I think that's a it's good reading. I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. I will say, the headless one is... For sure. ...the more monstrous one. And I think that's closer to, like... Some of the later Frankenstein's. Yeah, I've only read the, the first one, so I don't like. I've only read, but also like that one. Interestingly enough, the headless corpse is closer to both Frankenstein's monster, the more monstrous version, and and Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, that was my thought too. Which is like the Doctor obsessed with Hubers. I mm-hmm. mean, Herbert West is too, but like he's you know they're yeah. both kind of one's worse. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. All right, I just wanted to pose that question. You want to do uh, recommendations? If you like Jeffrey Combs, Jeffrey Combs film, he fucking kills it. Good, good movie from him. If you're a fan of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft stories at all, I think this is a good. I think this is a good adaptation of one. Not that I've read the original, but from what I can tell from what you're telling me, it seems like it's a good adaptation of the original. But also, I think it's very fitting of what I want in an H.P. Lovecraft story. If that makes sense, I think so. Another recommendation: if you're a fan of practical and gore effects, holy shit, this movie does them so well. I, I cannot think of another movie where I think they look better. If you're a fan of fake heads, this movie has some killer fake heads. And I'm going to say this, and you might not agree with me. If you're a fan of ludicrous shit, there's some ludicrous shit in this movie. Like, I laughed more than I expected to. Like, I genuinely had a really good time. Yeah. There's some funny moments. That's something I wanted to comment on. And Bob was watching me. I pulled out my phone. Yeah. Because I'm trying to pull up a quote. Okay. Um, Brian Usna, who, I, again, I think is the executive producer, mm-hmm. uh, described this film as being... The sort of shock sensibility of an evil dead with the production value of hopefully the howling. Basically, there's some shocking, gruesome horror in this yeah. that comes off as comedic due to the shock factor. Yeah. That makes it a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, decent budget for practicals. Yeah. Like, um, I don't think this film is necessarily... It's, it's horror, but I'm not saying it It's not scary. a horror comedy. No. But there's some morbid humor. Yeah. Because there's some moments of brevity mixed in with, like, the shock. Like Bob said earlier, uh, Herbert West has some amazing one-liners. They make me laugh so hard, bro. Like, the one one-liner I need to mention right now. Is it the one when, okay, sorry. Is when Herbert West goes, what did you want me to say? Cat dead details later? So good. Like a sticky note. Um, oh, my God. I want to mention to you right now, and it's a story I meant to mention earlier, but I was like, we're filming the show, so I'll yeah. do it now. I collect, like, enamel pins, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. my way of collecting artwork. Because they're like, you know, this they're big. They're small. Yeah, unlike me, I have. That, and they're that, cheap. All that stuff. All and I this. can have like 40 of them, and they take yeah. up the same space as, say, a whole L8 painting. A whole L8 painting, which Bob has on his wall because he loves L8 so much. I do. It's my favorite. Um, And I have a pin. I'll send you a picture later. Oh, man. It's a syringe with the, re- with the reagent in it. And there's a sticky note on top that says, Cat Dead Details Later. That's such a good. Where'd you get that? Uh, I think Etsy. Fuck, I want, man. It's so good. 
<sighs> that is so fucking good. You know, it's on my wall of pins. <laughs> my dream one day. I, I dream of this often. I want to have my, our own podcast space because currently we record the podcast in my bedroom on a dining room table in the middle of my room, like a fucking. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> there's I want a dog in here. There's a dog in here. Well, she's not that bad, honestly. She hadn't been terrible lately. Sometimes, sometimes she's an ape, but right now she's passed out. She uh, she went for a walk earlier and she's tired. Fucking Bob's just talking. He wants to decorate a podcast. Space. I want to decorate a podcast space with a bunch of horror stuff. Well, so bad. Honest, Bob could decorate his room with horror stuff, but he just got into it. So yeah, he doesn't have anything. I yet. don't have any space either. Yeah, that's my true. walls are covered in shit. I got shelves everywhere. I got all my 40K stuff. I got my Spider-Man-like thing over there. Got that stop sign. You know, it's a lot of shit. But yeah, I want to I wanna be able to take a space where we record the podcast and, like, actually decorate it with horror stuff. Because I think that would be so fun. Yeah. Anyway, back to recommendations. Oh, my you got distracted. Or do you have any more? What did I say? Gore practical, Jeffrey Combs. Some humor. Some humor. It's actually, it's funnier than I expected. Oh, yeah. Which made it more enjoyable because it's a very morbid story. Oh, yeah. If it was just morbid. It wouldn't be fun. But it wouldn't. The humor makes it like not only bearable but enjoyable. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, those are my recommendations. I don't have any more. All right, for me, if you know you like Stuart Gordon, it's true. Like you Robert like Stuart Crampton, Gordon films. You like Jeffrey Combs. I think it's probably the best film from all, all three of them. them. Yeah, I think it's the best movie I've seen from them. At the very least, it's the most like iconic. So check it out if you're a fan of any of those people. And for some reason, haven't seen Reanimator yet. It's so good. That'd be weird if you were a fan of them. And hadn't seen this. Because it's... I mean, I guess it could happen, but... but it happened to me. Secondly, if you want, like, some good practical effects... Bob keeps saying it's the best practical effects he's seen. They're not the best practical effects ever. Well, they're the uh, best I've seen. Uh, I think they're very good uh, gore practical mm-hmm. effects. That's how I feel about it. I don't think they're the best practical effects ever. I just think in the setting of, like, a medical movie mm-hmm. that focuses on, like, cadavers, they're very convincing and they fit the theme well. There's definitely practical effects that have been better. For sure, um, but, you know, I haven't I seen them yet. The Thing is my classic go-to for, like, some of the best practical effects of all time. That's fair. Um, not to say anything bad about this one. Practical effects are great in this. Sometimes they're kind of goofy. Sometimes they make me laugh. But the actors sell everything, so that's for always sure. great. Another thing, like we said, it's it's got humor sprinkled throughout a morbid tone that works because of shock factor and how unfunny these moments are. I think the comparison used made in his quote to Evil Dead is pretty great, so... Uh, if you like Evil Dead, it's kind of got a similar tone to the first one. Not the second one, the first one. So if you're a fan of that movie, you're probably going to like this one. Last but not least, you know, if you're a fan of Lovecraft, yeah, probably not the most accurate adaptation ever, but, like, I can definitely see the inspiration, and you know, like, these people came from a place of loving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they For sure. It. So, that's okay. all I got. All right, before all we right. move on to ratings, yeah, not to interrupt, you're about to be really mad at me. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Evil Dead. Yeah. I might <laughs> just crack his knuckles like he's going to beat me up. I might have seen like a, a pretty big Evil Dead Rise spoiler on accident. Well, you can't tell me about it. I know I can't tell you, but I'm just letting you know that I did see it and you can be upset at me if you want, but it wasn't my fault. Um, you know, Bob, I have decided to take uh, a very specific stance with you on spoilers yeah so for anyone who doesn't know bob was not into horror movies when we started this podcast he has since gotten really into horror movies yeah but like because of the premise behind this podcast can't watch anything nope anything that i haven't already seen or without explicit permission yeah and that's rarely given rarely basically given. have to be like this could never be on here yeah or it's like it's super unlikely because once bob's seen it, i don't really want to put it on here unless it 
Well, yeah, because part of the super deserving point of the podcast is like the shock value of me reacting to, oh my god, what the fuck. But sometimes, <laughs> because Bob is, and I'm using his own words here, chronically online. Yeah, well. And he cannot resist the temptation of staying away from certain parts of the internet that have spoilers. Yeah. He gets big spoilers because he can't help himself because he's addicted. <sighs> Listen, man, sometimes I'm just scrolling through Twitter. Yeah, but he's on horror Twitter. No, I'm not, though. Because he's been recommended it. No, hold on. And sometimes it's just on normal Twitter. But this he was knows not that my Twitter's spoilery. This is not my fault. Straight up, not my fault. I'm explaining right now. I was tweeting for the podcast on Monday. I had all week to tell you. I just kept forgetting. On the podcast Twitter or your Twitter? Podcast Twitter. Well, that is horror Twitter. That is horror Twitter. But I literally opened it, and the first thing I saw was a spoiler. Like, I opened yeah. Twitter before I even got the hit the add tweet button on my phone, and I, mean, I got fucking that one's spoiled. not necessarily your fault, but I'm also referencing other things. Okay, the other one's all my fault. Yeah. The big um, one is my fault. Point being. I just thought I would let you the know. The way Bob is, sometimes he gets spoilers. And instead of getting mad about it, I think the... Uh, the stance I'm choosing is natural consequences. No, don't don't do this. No, no, no. Because no, like, don't do this to me. Are you? <laughs> don't do this. Man. What do you think I'm gonna say? No, keep going. No, we're just not gonna watch the films because you have spoilers. Keep going. No, no. we're gonna watch the films. The natural consequences is he's just not gonna enjoy them as much. Okay. Because he has spoilers. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna ban me. I thought you were gonna go like, you know what? Fuck you. You've seen a spoiler. We're not watching these movies ever. Well, no. When you get spoilers, it makes me less likely to put them on the board. It's true. That is, uh, just also a part of it yeah because you know i know your reactions will be lowered but yeah legitimately like it's not great when you get spoilers and it's it not sucks. always your fault it, um, i'm so i'm still mad about it but spoilers suck because they ruin certain movies for you uh there's certain movies that have shall we say uh twists that are very important to your enjoyment of the film yeah and if you know what those twists are before you've seen the movie yep you can still enjoy the film but it is not the same for mm -hmm. instance our movie last week which was Really, really great. Oh, movie's so good. But if good. you know anything about that film... Ruined. Not ruined. You can still enjoy yourself. You'll have a much worse time. But the the experience is in no way the same. No. I just thought I should let you know that I had some spoilers for Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. And I'm sad about it because... I still need to see it, but I've been so busy with work. <sighs> for those of you uh, you know, that aren't with us all the time, we've been trying to fucking find time to watch Evil Dead for like two months. It's one of my favorite film series ever. Because we wanted to watch this in theaters together but we just haven't had fucking time let's be honest i said bob we can watch okay. we have two weeks and we can watch all four evil dead yeah. films in two weeks and bob was on like, top of recording the normal nah. podcast which a sensible decision i think i might have died i think i also would have perished you know anyway sorry to interrupt i just thought i like i like to bring this stuff up on the podcast because i think a it's interesting but also b i just wanted to see how upset you, <laughs> you have proof that i don't murder you yeah all right it was a good point now, but recommendations. Uh, we did those, yeah. so ratings. Ratings. Okay, 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 okay. Like I said before, I like this movie. I like this movie a lot, and I think it does a lot of really cool stuff. I think the acting's good. I don't have any major issues with it. Honestly, there's a couple of things where I'm like, meh. So. Who are you now? I don't want if you can say it. I can't say it. Well, I guess I could. Can the, you say it without saying it? <laughs> kinda. The cat stuff. Okay. I, the the puppet was fine. That's what I mentioned about some of the... Yeah, like some did. of that stuff, it's fine. But that's it, just because that's hard to do with practical effects. Yeah, exactly. Oh, something else I didn't mention. Sorry to keep distracting us. I mentioned this gives very much... The zombies give, like, Return of the Living Dead vibes, in my opinion. Well, that's because zombies in Return of the Living Dead are more active and can talk. Yeah, 
which is cool. Like, I, I, I got the same vibe from these, especially, like... And also look like dead bodies. That's what it was, yeah. That's why I just, you yeah. know, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, so I like a lot of stuff. There are a couple things where I'm like, meh. So I'm only going to take off a half point. Four and a half. I like this movie a fuck ton. Like, this is one of those movies where I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to go buy this. Well, yeah. So cool. It's so cool. So cool. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'm getting it a four and a half as well. It's not a perfect movie. No, it's, it's not. definitely not a perfect movie. And it's not even because, like, some parts of the film I didn't like. No, I liked all of it. This film's just not good enough to be a perfect movie. Yeah. However, it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an enjoyable time. But more importantly, like, it's set out to be just, you know, a, an adaptation of a Frankenstein homage. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being essentially an amazing exploration of a mad scientist and, like, a weird zombie movie all rolled into one. Yeah. It's just great. It's I good. love it. They go above and beyond with the practicals. Uh, the writing's really good. The actors sell their performances, all of them. We keep mentioning Jeffrey Combs, but Barbara Crampton them. really puts everything out there in multiple ways. Yeah. The guy who plays Dan great. also does a great job. Fantastic. Doing some good emotional ranges. Mm-hmm. The guy who plays the, uh, we'll say, Headless Corpse. Fantastic job. Amazing job. The stuff he had to go through for some of those practicals must have been horrible. For sure. Just everyone does great. And I think it gets pushed right up to above and beyond the standards of what it could be. Do you want to know what the only like the only thing that could make this a five for me? What? I think it lacks it's a very surface level movie. And if it had some some deeper stuff I could have picked apart, I could give it a five. I don't think there's I don't think there's If there was some way to provide deeper yeah. meaning to this. You know what? It's like not to say it's a nothing film or like but it's a film very much about the shock value of what you're seeing and there's yeah. not a lot of deeper themes to unpack. If they had somehow pumped some deeper themes into well, this. Well, I think the deeper themes are very surface level. That's the issue cuz they're, the they're problem, pretty yeah. deeper deep themes that's about like life and death. They're just not classic gothic themes of horror and we're just so familiar yeah. with them. I just feel so, I don't know, paper thin sometimes. Because it's like we've seen it a lot. It's a very classic idea. Not, it's just not done that it's super well, derivative or anything. But yeah, it's just done well, super well. So it doesn't really is derivative, right? It doesn't feel derivative because it's so well done. Yeah. That's the thing. But it's nothing like super unique. Exactly. Like our film last week was so super unique. unique. Yeah, like I'd never seen anything because like that. You don't see people do stuff like that. This one, like, it's a lot of classic stuff. It's just done yeah, well. Exactly. I think you're right, and that's what makes it so cool. All right. Anything else? Nah, man. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna go to the outtakes. Yeah, well, uh, Bob's going to have fun with those because our, our app used to, like, mark where all the outtakes are kind of glitched and deleted all our markers. So Bob has to go back to manually doing it. So hopefully there's some good ones. I'm not going to cut any because I'm lazy. <laughs> no, I'll cut some. There's one I have to cut for sure. All right. At least one. Well, uh, we'll see you after those, how many there are. Yeah, we'll see you guys in a bit. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Reanimator so far. I think this movie is super fucking cool, but I'm going to go ahead and give it. There is a spoiler warning for the outtakes on this one. If you do not want anything spoiled, skip to one hour, 33 minutes, and 18 seconds immediately. This first outtake is Ben and I's reaction to the cold open. Oh, it's the lady with the dog. My dog's missing. Yeah, <laughs> from uh, from beyond. Hans Gruber. Oh no. Not the Groobster. Herr Doctor. They're not gonna give me Are they in Switzerland? Well, Zurich is in Yeah, I think it is I think it is Switzerland, yeah. They speak German in Switzerland though. Do they? It's very common, yeah. 
Like the name for the University of Zurich is almost the exact same as in English or in German. It's well, Universalstadt. I figured Hans Gruber was a German man. Yeah, I think he is. Oh, Jeffrey Combs, the Combster. Ah, oh, he's so unhinged. And the Doctor. In this movie, and I love it. <laughs> he's not okay. <laughs> no, the Combster's gone off the edge. Ah, uh, he's glorious. Oh, what? This. See, we mess with the TV volume. Make sure it's right. Oh, he's got so much blood coming out of his mouth. It was turned way up. Yeah, that probably sounds like shit on the audio. Oh no! Oh my God, his eyeballs are like popping out of his skull. Well, that wasn't supposed to happen. I don't think that was supposed to happen. You're right. He's dead. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Combs. Oh uh, well, you might have. You gave him life, you some bitch. Okay. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to the intro credits for this movie. Okay, coolest intro fucking ever. You ready? Okay. Best intro. It's cool. No, Bob, you don't even understand. I know, but I'm... Remember when I kept complaining about the other Jeffrey, uh, Gordon intros? Yeah. Because this, this one slaps so hard. It slaps so much. Yo, okay. Look at this. It's all like old medical diagrams that they've um, like lit in different colors. This is cool. You know what I think might have this beat? And this is just because I personally enjoyed it so much. Night of the Demons. Oh, this song? It's a reference to um, Hitchcock. What? This music? Yeah. Yeah, it's a reference to Hitchcock. Is it? This is kind of close to the beginning of Psycho. Is it? I yeah. haven't heard it. But I was saying like for like an animated sort of intro thing... I think I like Night of the Demons. Oh, no. Night of the Demons had a very good animated it's intro. So cool. Especially for the period, too. Like This one's just like... This one's just actually really stylistic and cool. Look at that! Okay, that's really cool. So cool. That was a really good cold open. Yeah. This next clip is my reaction to some of the medical procedures that take place at this hospital. Ugh! What the hell are they doing to this guy? Uh, they're cutting his head open with a laser. That's that's normal. I guess it's better than a bone saw, right? Maybe. Oh! 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 They're shoving a Q-tip in his noggin! Well, yeah, you're not supposed to use it to clean your ears anymore. That, ah! that was disgusting. Oh, Herbert West, here we go. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to them performing a really gross surgery at the hospital. I'm going to go ahead and give you a gag warning for this one. I don't know what the word for skull is. I know the word for head. Ready? No. Oh, you... No, bro. She's not about to just... She? That's a man. Uh, he... Uh... <laughs> Large orange. He just pulled a scalp off of... <laughs> no. No! Ben? <laughs> then you take the bone saw. No. Please don't show me. Just keep it keep it up here. Let me look at combs. Oh. Huh. That was stressful. That was really stressful, Ben. This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to what always happens to cats in horror movies. No. God damn horror movies and cats. No, bro. 
What did Herbert West do to that cat? <laughs> you fat cat. You see, it's different now because if one of my roommates never spoke to me but my cat suddenly disappeared, I didn't see my roommate for a couple days, yeah, I'd be was, concerned. She was being paranoid first. <clears throat> well, now know. she has real reasons. I the mean, cat is missing. Fair enough, but I'm just putting out that she was looking for an issue. Sure. And she just latched onto the first one. It's not even her cat's missing. She just hasn't hurt her cat. Like, if I had... Which, no- cats are pretty quiet, you know? That's true. I guess it's different if, like, Piper went missing, I would notice. Yeah, it's just... Because I see her all it's, day. It's her being paranoid for the sake of being paranoid. Yeah. But if, like, suddenly Alora went missing, like, you know? I don't know. Something about cats. Personally, I think she might just want to snoop around. I mean, I'd want to snoop around. If I, if I had a weird, eccentric roommate like fucking Herbert West, I would snoop through Except their shit. She doesn't. Yeah, that's true. Her she boyfriend has a roommate. Here. She is just being super invasive. Rufus. Now, you shouldn't snoop around even still. No, you shouldn't. I wouldn't. I respect people's personal space. You might want to, but still. It's yeah. Not, it's not okay. Oh, I saw this coming. If it's what I think it is. I don't know why she thinks Rufus is going to be in there. That's disgusting. There's a dead cat in the fridge. What are you doing in my room? <laughs> <laughs> in my room? I mean, it's a valid question. It is know? a valid question. I'd be mad. I mean, your cat is in the yep. fridge. But you shouldn't have been in his room in the first you place. You shouldn't have been in his room, but that is fucked up. Well... Is there a glowing green liquid in the bottom down there? No. What the fuck? There's no glowing green liquid. What the hell is that? Nothing. These are all perfectly valid things. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the name of the episode? It is. And I have a funny story about that. (laughs) Cat dead details later. That's such a funny fucking title. But it is a valid point. Like It is, yeah. What are you supposed to say here? Like, your roommate broke sure. into your room and finds their dead cat in your room. This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to the first reanimated corpse finally getting up. They're using Shadow to cover his cock and balls really well. I know. It's impressive. It is very impressive. That's awesome! That was so fucking cool. You mean how he's strong enough to break down a freezer door? Yeah, and he fucking crushed him with it. Now he's gonna... Oh, no. Well, don't kill him. Come on, man. He's kind of a dick. He is a dick. Oh, is he gonna bite his fingers off? Ow! Oh, and he spit him out. Oh, he's got... Oh, my God. He... Oh! Man, this movie's fucking sick. This movie's so fucking cool. That guy's dead as hell. It doesn't matter how much they hit him. He's basically immune. What are they going to do? Kill him a second time? They could try. Well, they can. I mean, it works. It worked on the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Herbert! (laughs) You fucking freak! (sighs) Oh, my lord. Oh, what is he? How is he going to do it? How do you think, Bob? Oh. 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 It's heart failure. (laughs) Yeah. 
This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to a character losing their head. Do you know what the first rule of blackmail is? No. It's called never blackmail a crazy person. Oh my god. Herbert West, you fucking idiot. He's got nothing to lose. Except it's his true. research. Oh no. It's time for Shovels to get his revenge. <laughs> the return. That was such a good bonk. Oh! Oh my god! Yeah. That's so brutal. Plagiarist got him! Holy shit, he took his head off with a shovel. That's so cool. Damn, not what I expected. Now he's gonna pick his head up. That is a really good fake head. It is very good. Like, normally fake heads are pretty, like, fake, and you can really tell. That looks like a really, really good fake head. You know what the best part of it is? What? It's fresh. It's true. Is he gonna... <laughs> oh, those things are so dangerous. Hey, I hate th them. Yeah, but remember what that movie was in? Oh. That was in Terror Train. Yeah. Same thing with the shovel. Mm-hmm. Receipt spike. Yep. Um. Oh, man, I was going to say something. <laughs> He's realizing. <laughs> yeah, I expected him to do this one. This is what I expected from the beginning. I loved his little speech about that unbreakable plastic bottle. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. I'm sure there were some. I don't know what got clipped. I know there are, at least is a cat reference somewhere in there. Bob just really doesn't want to go through these. No, because it, it's a... Dude, listen here, <laughs> you some bitch. Last episode, I went through 110 and used 12 of them. Okay, that wasn't because those 110 weren't funny. It's just a lot of them was us making horrifying chuckling noises at things without context. Yeah. So hopefully there's some good ones in this. I know there are a couple. I'll find them. I'll put them in. Whatever. It's just going to suck. Do we have any announcements, Benjamin? Uh, not besides the usual ones. Okay. Well, in that case, follow us on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where I post everything about the show. I post updates about the show on our Twitter. Every Monday, I post a spoiler post for that week of episodes. So, like... Friday's episode, I always post a picture of the movie cover with it uh, blurred out so you can't see it. And then you can uncover that and see what movie it is so you can maybe watch the movie before we do so you don't get anything spoiled during the episode. I also post a link to every episode when it goes live on Friday. And any other updates about the show, go on our Twitter. So check us out. Yeah, we're also everywhere you get your podcasts. You yeah. Know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. other places. Uh, we're also on YouTube. If, yeah. like, that's where you're interested in watching us for some reason, you know, please like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. Our channel's been really low on, like, viewer count since we moved to Spotify moved because to Spotify and stuff. everyone's moved to that and platform so, like, instead. doing that will really help us out in reanimating the channel and bring it back up. Ooh, that was a good one. I was waiting to see where you're going to get that reanimate reference in. That was good. Uh, let's see. Anything else? If you have recommendations for the random category of the board or any movies you think Ben and I should watch, leave those in the comments because we need your recommendations. Uh, on both in YouTube or Twitter. Or wherever. Twitter, wherever you want to let us know what movies we should watch. Let us know, because honestly, at least for me, I'm not going to read them. Ben is. I feel like sometimes, for certain categories, it's hard for you to find certain movies that fit it, and maybe your recommendation from the audience would help. Yeah, or at least help me think of a category. Yeah. I'm like, that movie sounds really fun. Let's exactly. 
Uh, we're on TikTok now. I post clips from the show on TikTok, so if you want to check us out on TikTok, it's at Beware the Board. I guess you're posting those on YouTube too. Shorts, right? Uh, I haven't. N- some of them are too long. Mm. You can only do 60 seconds for a short. And some of the clips I'm clipping on TikTok are like a minute and a half. But some of them. Some of them are less than 60, so those will also go up on our YouTube channel as shorts. I think that about wraps us up, Ben. All right. Well, see you next week. Yeah. I guess uh, we'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.